Standby. Hello, this is Penn Jillette. The possibility exists that if I were to actually listen to the lackadaisical Librocubicularist podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I would potentially enjoy it. A ringing endorsement. Potentially enjoy this episode, which will start after the other half of my magical comedy duo, Teller, gives us a countdown. Take it away, Teller. Hello, welcome to the LibroCube. Uh, my name is Jordan Maywood, and I am the lackadaisical LibroCubicalist. Yes. All right, uh, I am looking forward to this episode, so there will be very little in the way of preamble. That is a promise. That's the Maywood guarantee, you might say. Uh, the other guarantee I have is that there may be spoilers. That's kind of not fair because I'm using the word may. But there may be. There may not be. This warns of them just in case. Mmm. The other thing that I like to say at the top of every show is that if you like what you hear, the only payment I ask is a million dollars. No, that is ridiculous. The only payment I ask is perhaps you pass the podcast on to a friend. Perhaps you rate, subscribe, and comment within iTunes. Because those are things that are good for podcasts. It's like podcast food, you might say. You weirdo. Okay, I'm going to push a button. Uh, As per usual, I'm going to try to hold to the timer, but because I do whatever the hell I want, I may not. I may not. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to rough you some things. Today's movie monologue sponsor is William and Theodore's Quiet Night Inn. Thank you, sponsor. Movie the first and second, what? Bill and Ted, excellent, rather, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure and Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. What? That's two movies for the price of one. Uh, Okay, so at this point, I should say, if you have not read the episode description, what I have done is got a whole bunch of movies and their sequels together uh, and jammed them all into one episode. So that is what is going to happen. The reason I did that is because the missus was away. So what I did for myself was uh, put a little meat in the crock pot, uh, let it cook all day long, had myself, uh, what do you call it, a movie marathon... Man, I really know how to party when the missus is away. (sighs) No hookers or anything? Come on. Come on. Instead, movies. Which is like hookers on TV. I guess that would be porn. Anyways, that's enough of uh, that. Uh, Let's talk these two movies. Um, This is probably, for me, one of the... Uh, and maybe for you, let me know if this is the case for you, Uh, one of those rare occasions where I enjoy the second movie more than the first. Uh, It's sort of like uh, Alien versus Aliens. Uh, That's usually the Terminator, Terminator 2. Those are some examples of where 
quite often people like the second movie better. Uh, this falls into that category for me, just because they got so ridiculously crazy in the second movie, in the bogus journey. Like, you have one of the main characters being Death, for example. That's pretty weird. Uh, like a Terry Pratchett book, if you will. And I hope you will, because he's my favorite author. Uh, let me read the Imdas, because they might be funny. Uh, two seemingly dumb teens struggle to prepare a historical presentation with the help of a time machine. What? Yeah, that's, uh, that's the sort of uh, way in which the titular <laughs> Bill and Ted have their uh, journeys and adventures is through the use of said time machine. Uh, this really has everything you want in a movie. It's got laughs. It's got time travels. Um, it's, do you really need anything else? Those are the two main things, right? Uh, Rating-wise, probably Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. I'd go like a solid four. Uh, Bogus Journey, I could watch and have watched many, many times. Uh, that, I'd probably go five. Which is ridiculous that I'm giving these movies that are quote-unquote bad such high ratings. Yeah, maybe a little bit. Okay, uh, moving on to uh, The Cell and The Cell 2. This is not a case in which the second movie was better. In fact, uh, every once in a while this comes up that very infrequently I think of what I'm going to say before recording the podcast. But the but this is one example of those things, and that was the thought that uh, the person who made the movie uh, The Cell Two didn't watch The Cell, <laughs> like they never saw the movie and were asked to make uh, a sequel to it. You th- you'd think they would have got a copy of it. It's as if they sort of heard people at a table next to them in a restaurant talking about it and sort of went off that conversation. Uh, it is really, really bad. Like, just about unwatchably bad. Um, so that one, I'd go like a 1 or a 2 uh, out of 5. We're talking the Cell 2. Uh, the ones sort of, kind of, sort of... Uh, shit, what's his name? Uh, the bad guy in it, which, uh, you know what, I won't give it away. Uh, he's good just for the reason that you don't really expect this uh, character actor to be a bad guy. So there's the one tinge of a highlight in The Cell, too. Uh, the Cell, starring Jennifer Lopez and, uh, what's her not, what's his name? Uh, Vince Vaughn, among others. Uh, it was an interesting movie. Um, I hadn't seen it in a long time, and from what I remembered, it was weird. Uh, after revisiting it, I can verify for you that it is a weird movie. And I like a weird movie. Uh, so that being said, rating-wise... I'll go solid four, three-ish to four. Um, the acting's not going to blow you away, but the premise is an interesting idea. Uh, there exists technology that lets people sort of go into the brains of other people to uh, talk to them, to explore. Ah, fuck it, we're pausing. I didn't want to, but what are you going to do? Uh, to explore to uh, primarily the cases that, say you've got a sick kid who's uh, locked in his brain or has got, I don't know, schizophrenia or something. You go into his brain and sort of uh, talk to him in his brain as a sort of therapy to help him to get better. Uh, what it turns into is there's a bad guy, a serial killer in the form of Vincent D'Onofrio, who's pretty creepy. 
just period. Uh, and he has a girl who's sort of dying through this elaborate thing that means the longer she is not found, uh, the more likely it is she's dead, that sort of idea. So they have to go into his brain uh, and find out where the girl is, that uh, sort of idea. So uh, pretty good, pretty weird. Uh, I would recommend The Cell. The Cell 2, just wow. Okay, uh, next I have a movie that uh, I had never seen before, but uh, have heard much about over the years, and that is Flash Gordon. Oh, it came out in 1980, so uh, I was negative one. Uh, this one also very, very weird. Uh, a football player and his friends... His friends? His friends travel... Oh yeah, okay, his friends. Travel to the planet Mongo and find themselves fighting the tyranny of Ming the Merciless to save Earth. Yeah, uh, this is a kind of, this is a movie that lots and lots and lots of things in popular culture make fun of. Uh, and I could see why. It's just, it's weird. Uh, rating wise, would I recommend it? Man, this is hard to say. I don't, jeez, uh, you know what? I, I don't think of what I'm going to say beforehand, which is blatantly obvious. Uh, and that includes ratings. So when I hit a block like this, it's sort of fascinating. Normally, I think of a movie and I'm like, all right, four to five. Uh, all right, three to five. Or convoluted rating out of banana. But uh, in this case, I don't really know what to say. Uh, I did have enjoyment while watching it, which means it gets at least a three. But did I like it enough that I'd want to watch it again? Was there redeeming qualities that would warrant a rewatch? Maybe. All right. Today's Television Talk sponsor is Four Dimensional Maneuver Gear, a.k.a. Consciousness. Uh, okay, so uh, kind of an interesting one here. I can't remember if a while back I brought this back on a book banter, but I believe I did. Uh, we're talking uh, the television show Attack on Titan. Yes, available for your viewing pleasure on Netflix. Uh, something that if you are into popular culture or probably more specifically nerd culture and definitely anime at all, you will have at least heard of this. Uh, it, it's always sort of fascinated me and looked really cool. Uh, I did read the manga, the first manga I ever read, in fact. Uh, I think it came in a loot crate. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's how I got it. Anyways... After reading it, it uh, just sort of made me want to explore it even further. So finally, I decided that I was going to watch this thing. I say finally because if you know me, and I hope you do, you will know that a lot of my viewing and uh, uh, exposing myself <laughs> to media comes in the form of doing two things at once. So, for example, watching uh, 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 Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure while playing uh, Axiom Verge, for example. That's a very good example because it actually happened. Uh, so, when this... Uh, I was sort of either consciously or not uh, biding my time in the hopes that they would release this 
with uh, English dubbed version uh, because this is all, if you aren't familiar, in Japanese. Which means, as I do not speak Japanese, I need the subtitles on. Which means I have to read the subtitles, which means uh, I have to do this and this alone. I can't do more... Uh, I, I can't have two things going at the same time. So th there's good and bad of that, of course. Uh, there's the sort of kind of stupid feeling that I have that I'm wasting time, uh, which I know is ridiculous, but it's a feeling, and you can't help your feeling sometimes. Uh, and then the, on the more positive side is the fact that because I'm focusing on it more uh, and because I'm forced to really just look at the screen and read while watch, uh, I always find that makes the experience that much more uh, invasive to your old brain. So uh, all of that means that uh, my enjoyment of this is perhaps stronger than it would be otherwise. Uh, and it is strong. Uh, Rating-wise, I think I'd go definite four, uh, on average, four out of five with some really, really cool five out of five moments. Yeah, yeah, that's, I think, a good way to say this. Because there is the odd episode where there's large sort of chunks of not much happening. Um, I suppose maybe they're filled with things like character development. <sighs> but in my anime... I don't so much need that as super crazy stunts and violence and uh, monsters trying to eat you and such. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with this uh, series, this phenomenon, it's a uh, basically the human race has been wheedled down to very, very little. Uh, and we're all hiding behind a series of walls. Uh, on the, uh, we are hiding from things called titans, which come in various heights from sort of three meters tall to a giant, you know, 100 meter tall version. There's one of. Uh, and they're trying to wipe out the human race. They're sort of animalistic. Some may or may not be smart. That's sort of what this series is exploring. Uh, our interaction, our trying to keep the human race going despite them wheedling us down. Uh, very, very well uh, written. Amazing premise. The acting, because it is in Japanese, Japanese, may take, if you've never watched anime, a little getting used to. They're very excitable. They're very... Uh, it's hard to explain. If you've never experienced anime before... Uh, this is possibly a good jumping off point. Uh, yeah, I would recommend it for a non-anime watcher, sure. Why not? I started with Dragon Ball Z myself, but you could start with this. Conan, the librarian. Don't you know the Dewey Decimal System? Today's book banter sponsor is Rapist Robot Sex Ray. Alright, if you, once again, had listened to what I've already said, which presumably you have, you didn't just hop right in at minute 15 or so, because that would be weird, uh, you will know that I've jammed in more movies than can fit in a simple movie monologue. No, because I have not finished a book, I decided... My movie marathon would warrant a double movie monologue. Yes. Yes. Uh, 
Okay, so uh, the first couple of movies, because again, we're doing uh, doubles, is Heavy Metal 1 and 2. Uh, dusted these babies off, haven't seen them in a while. Uh, seem to be a fairly strong theme in this episode of fucking weird movies. <laughs> yeah, you know what? The And time travel. Yeah, we got some weird movies and time travel themed. Uh, and that was unplanned, totally. Uh, Heavy Metal 1 is not 100% a cohesive story. It's sort of, kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of a series of stories. Uh, these are animated movies, I should say, from... Oh, yeah, when are these from? Heavy Metal 1981. Uh, Heavy Metal 2000, or Heavy Metal 2 if you prefer, is from the year 2000. Huh. Quite, uh, quite a time apart between uh, prequels there. It's going to be some sort of record. Uh, yeah, so Heavy Metal. Uh, I think it was sort of an underground flick. It definitely falls onto the cult classic. Uh, it's unlike any sort of animation you've probably seen before, I would have to guess. It's very, very strange. Um, just, yeah, <laughs> how do I even explain these movies? Heavy Metal 2 has a bit more of a story, so maybe I'll explain that. Uh, there's a, a, a key this guy finds that turns him evil. Uh, he goes across the galaxy trying to open the, let's call it a door, that the key opens, which will grant him immortality. Uh, along the way, he kills a shit ton of people. Uh, I should say in both of these movies, uh, I rated definitely R for the fact that there's lots of animated boobies and blood and guts and... Uh, probably saw Heavy Metal at an age when I should not be watching uh, Heavy Metal, if I do recall. came out in 81. I was born in 81. Uh, so I must have been pretty young when I saw it, I would have to assume. Uh, Rating-wise, Heavy Metal, the first, kind of hard to rate. Uh, I would definitely say that you should watch it. Uh, after you've seen it, I don't know necessarily if you ever have to see it again. Uh, so I'll go four, <laughs> because that makes sense, I suppose. Every Metal 2000, uh, I think holds up. Uh, I'll definitely, f I'll give that a five, because, uh, it has a lot of things, uh, that I like in movies all jammed together in a giant boobed package. Giant boobed package may work its way into the title of this episode. Uh, yeah, you know what, I should, uh, write that down, just because... Uh, giant boobed package. Or type it down. We'll see, we'll see. Okay, uh, so moving on to uh, Back to the Future 1 and Back to the Future 2. So we did Bill and Ted, now we're doing Back to the Future. Look at that. Didn't plan on doing that, but we got four time-traveling movies. Um, with Back to the Future, I did contemplate uh, doing Back to the Future 3 as well, but I didn't even bother watching it. I, I remember it wasn't good. Uh, critics and fans alike do not really care for it. Uh, this has come up on the podcast once or twice uh, before when it comes to the Back to the Future series. Uh, lots and lots and lots of people, this is their favorite movie. Uh, millions upon millions of people would definitely give us a 5 out of 5. Uh, I've always said, and still do after rewatching them, that uh, these are great movies. Uh, I, I just rewatched them and I had pleasure doing so, but I think they're a little overrated for how much people love them. Uh, similar, my sort of similar feeling that I have with Star Wars. Uh, they're great movies. Uh, I enjoy them. I enjoy watching them. Uh, the original trilogy I saw many, many times, 
but do they deserve the amount of sheer uh, crazy love that they get? I don't personally think so. So a uh, similar feeling with Back to the Future. Uh, I think this is maybe another case of, at least for me, the sequel being better than the first one. So uh, I'll go uh, four, three to four for Back to the Future and four to uh, some five moments for Back to the Future too. So there you go. Uh, last but least <laughs> is a movie called Flesh Gordon. Yeah, uh, I forgot how I, I, I heard about this. This came in 1974. So, uh, old. Got some old movies in this, uh, in this episode. Basically, it's a sort of spoof on, yeah, a spoof on Flash Gordon and movies of that time. Uh, they take a lot of the things from Flash Gordon and just sort of sexualize them. Uh, there's a sex ray, for example. Um, there's the odd orgy. <laughs> I don't think they... Yeah, they didn't show, like, full penetration, but lots of boobs. Lots of just naked 70s full bush <laughs> girls uh, running around, orgyifying. Yeah, it's uh, it's something. It's something. But uh, b other than that, <laughs> if you can call that a bonus, I suppose you can. Not a very good movie. Uh, trying to be funny and failing on just about every occasion. Maybe laughed once or twice, but uh, but overall not very good. Uh, let me read the IMDA because it looks like it might be funny. Uh, Emperor Wang, the perverted, <laughs> uh, is leader of the planet Porno. And sends his mighty sex ray towards Earth, turning everyone into sex mad fiends. Only one man can save the Earth, football player Flesh Gordon, along with his girlfriend Dale Ardent and Professor 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 Felix Jerkoff. They set off towards the source of the sex ray, unaware of the perils that face them. So you can sort of see the parallels there. And that this was apparently written by a four-year-old uh, child. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Pushing button. Today's game, Gavin sponsor, is Metroidvania Interior Design Studios. Okay, uh, so I have a new game here uh, that I haven't yet completed, so may appear in next episode as, we, uh, as well. We could call this part one. Then again, it may not. You never know. Uh, the game is called Axiom Verge. Or Verge. Probably Verge. V-E-R-J-J-J-G-E. What is wrong with me? Uh, oh, you know what? I just see this is available for just about every platform. PlayStation, Vita, Microsoft, Windows, oh, Linux, Xbox, uh, Wii U. Yeah, so you can get this game anywhere. Uh, I got it during the Steam Summer Sale. So uh, once again, still cleaning that up a bit. Uh, this is a Metroidvania game, which has sort of turned into a genre. Uh, and that is a game similar to the old Metroid 
and Castlevania, and they sort of combine those two to name a genre of movies. Uh, a genre which means uh, you're in a place where you have to travel... How do you explain that? It's sort of back and forth, back and forth. You'll go to one area of a map uh, and then kill a bad guy who will give you uh, something, be it a weapon, be it an item, be it a key even, that will let you explore an area of the map that was before inaccessible. Uh, you'll then go into that new area and the same thing will happen over and over again. A cool idea, always fun. This very, very much reminds me of my sort of main experience with this genre, which is uh, on the original Game Boy. <laughs> sort of dating myself there, even though I've already said the year I was born several times in this episode. Uh, I had the uh, Metroid 2, I believe it was called. Metroid 2? Yeah, Metroid 2. And uh, every couple of years... Uh, well, let me just say that I never beat the game. Uh, it was always beyond me to, to make my way through it. Uh, every couple of years I will have the desire to see what the end looks like of the game and what I couldn't figure out. This was the days before where you could go on the internet and find a walkthrough. Uh, so I'll go online and look for like a, a speed run of someone uh, playing Metroid 2 on Game Boy, which you can find. could probably find it for this game as well. Although so far I haven't needed it because something that modern games quite often do much better. Uh, hold your hand. I, I wouldn't say this game holds your hand necessarily. It's just maybe it's that I'm older and smarter than I was when I was playing my Metroid 2 on Game Boy. But uh, it is a little more coherent uh, where to go and what to do next. They give you a map. Hey, that's something right there. You didn't even have a friggin' map in Metroid. Uh, so the, that sort of explains the gameplay. Uh, the game itself is you're a guy sort of thrown into this world of uh, crazy shit and robots and lasers and phasers and flamethrowers and uh, uh, it's very, very uh, sci-fi, let's say. Very Metroid-like in a lot of ways, actually. Uh, not only in gameplay, but in the actual sort of plot of the game. Some some similarities. Uh, Rating-wise, so far, uh, I think I could fairly confidently say 4 to 5 uh, with some cool boss battle 5 out of 5 moments as well. So uh, definitely enjoying it, and it's sort of no wonder that uh, fans and critics alike have apparently uh, really l enjoyed this game. I, I count myself among those who have enjoyed it, definitely. Uh, favorite part so far... Uh, I've sort of built up my guns to the point where they're they're very powerful. You you find things that upgrade your health, and you find things that upgrade your guns, and the array of guns. Like I, I'm uh, if I look at the map and how much there's still left to explore. Like I've only maybe got like half the guns that are available, and that's like six of them. Uh, and they all have sort of different properties, different things they could do, uh, different. Uh, areas they can open through their use so uh, done very very well uh, yeah that's all I got to say about that Whoops.
internet intercourse. I like turtles. Today's internet intercourse sponsor is Frost Giant Heating and Air. Thank you for that. Okay, uh, item the first is from GameSpot. Uh, probably in terms of quantity, uh, just in sheer number of videos, GameSpot supplies me with the most amount of videos I watch in a given week. Like, uh, they'll put up so many videos over the course of a week. Like, hundreds? Is that maybe even accurate? A lot, let's just say. I won't watch every single one, but every one that catches my eye, I will watch. So that's probably why when I do these internet intercourses, quite often GameSpot will work its way in. Just because, um, although in terms of time watched, it might not uh, add up because the videos are shorter. Uh, just in terms of uh, videos watched, it's definitely probably the, the highest. Anyways, I don't know why I said any of that. What we're here to talk about is the farewell to Chris Waters. Chris Waters of GameSpot. Uh, a, a sort of teary farewell. Uh, he's moving on to presumably things, be they bigger or better, I don't really know. Uh, I'm sure to him they are, but to us, I don't know. Uh, he's been sort of a regular on the site uh, for the years. I've always enjoyed him very, very much, so uh, I'm sad to see him go. Uh, seemingly others over at GameSpot also sad to see him go. Uh, he had a good sense of humor, and as you can imagine, uh, if you listen to any of these podcasts, you will know that something that I appreciate more than just about anything is a sense of humor. So uh, the, the sort of strange thing of his goodbye was... Uh, uh, Danny O'Dwyer, who's sort of the main face, I think you could say, of GameSpot, uh, was sick. Uh, so he would normally do this sort of the goodbye. Uh, and they mentioned that a couple of times that he was sick and couldn't be there for it. So it ended up being Chris Waters himself sort of giving himself the goodbye. Which, uh, because you know what, because he had a sense of humor and a sense of humor about it, uh, it, it came off okay. Uh, easily that could be awkward and weird, but uh, I think he did manage to pull it off. Anyways, uh, sad to see him go. Chris Waters, you will be missed. You're not dying, so I don't know why I said that. Okay, uh, moving on to a new addition to the Internet Intercourse, which uh, presumably I will bring back from time to time. It is something called Force Gray, colon... Giant Hunters. Oh. Uh, okay, so uh, once again, me trying to fill the void of uh, the podcast Nerd Poker no longer being in existence. Uh, I'm opening myself up to uh, people playing Dungeons and Dragons and me watching or listening to them do so. In this case, watching. Uh, this one, my hopes are very, very high after the first episode. I think I spoke a couple weeks ago. Uh, I watched Achievement Hunter do the same sort of thing, and it didn't sort of pull me in. This one has. Maybe because it's not as long, which when I listened to New po Nerd Poker, they were, you know, an hour and a half long or whatever, so I didn't think... Uh, didn't think that uh, how long they were would be an issue, but maybe it does. Hmm. Anyways, uh, this stars uh, Chris Hardwick. Well, there you go, right off the bat, one of my favorite just people, period, people from the internet, exclamation point. Uh, Jonah Ray, also 
good. Uh, a guy... Oh, shit. <laughs> you know what? If I was a professional, I'd have, like, the page open with all this information. But I'm not. Uh, the guy who's running it is the guy who also runs... Um, a, a, a role-playing game campaign for the Geek and Sundry people. Uh, seemingly very good at this job. Uh, he is also a voice actor, so he's able to use that skill in his his dungeon mastering. Uh, one of my main loves of this so far uh, is the comedy, yes. As aforementioned, I'm a fan of that. Uh, but also the fact that uh, they're doing sort of really classic D&D. And this first episode, episode is called Journey from Waterdeep. Uh, which is really uh, hitting some like buttons for me as far as, you know, Waterdeep and Baldur's Gate, and you're really on the... Is that their Forgotten Realms? Shit. Uh, anyways, this is where I really like my fantasy to happen, in, in this particular uh, area, let's say. So, lovely. Oh, man, I'm not doing good with the timer today. Okay, so uh, next we're moving on to PewDiePie. Uh, yeah, I mentioned this in the last episode, if I do recall. Uh, so he's had a recent scandal. Uh, he hasn't, but he's been pulled into a scandal that sort of loosely involved him. Um, the scandal came in the form of people on YouTube reviewing things, uh, giving them good reviews, and then not mentioning the fact that they were paid to review things. Uh, you know what? <laughs> this is stupid of me. Why would I even mention this fact? But I've never been paid to review anything, obviously. Uh, yeah, just obviously. I'm throwing that out there just because that's what we're talking about. But I don't think that thought has ever crossed someone's mind after listening to one of my ridiculous reviews of things. Anyways, uh, so he did, in fact, uh, post on his videos that he was paid for these reviews. So he he was sort of loosely pulled into it for the fact that people didn't do their research. People just assumed that because he reviewed it and because he's the biggest YouTuber, he's part of a scandal, which is not fair. Uh, the other thing, I'm sort of uh, jumbling a few things together here at once when it comes to PewDiePie. Uh, he talked, spoke of uh, the comments on his page. Again, because he's the largest YouTuber, uh, he experiences this more than others. Uh, that's people uh, trying to make money through various means in the comments on his videos, which he's not happy about. He has, uh, in, in the video, has listed ways in which this can be avoided uh, that YouTube's apparently not paying attention to. He, at one point, uh, turned his comments off, which uh, I don't think is necessarily a bad thing. If I was him... If I was him, like, could you ignore the comments? Maybe you couldn't. I don't know. Like, he says he likes to use them to see how he's doing, I guess, which makes a certain sense. But does he really need to watch them? And then again, is it fair for us to say, whatever, just don't look at them? <laughs> when I can look at my comments on my t YouTube things because there's like five of them. <laughs> there's more than that, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, and lastly, well, l let me just sort of roll all this together in my thought here. Uh, I watch, uh, so PewDiePie puts out, I don't know, let's say 20 videos a week. And I'm just ballparking here. And I'll watch seven of them. Like, uh, again, like with, what else did I talk about? GameSpot. Like with GameSpot, I'll, I'll, I'll sort of cherry pick ones that look interesting 
and watch those. So uh, I don't watch every single thing he, he's posted. Now, the reason I'm saying that is because maybe I'm not an expert, but uh, I think I have some... I can at least have thoughts on the subject. The subject is... Jesus Christ. Uh, that I think potentially his fame... Uh, the lifestyle that he is of being the most popular YouTuber is potentially starting to get at him a little bit, which uh, I feel uh, saddened. Saddened is the word? Yeah, I'm saddened. Sure, that's kind of the word. Seemingly very, very nice guy. Does charity work. Uh, he's funny. Again, that whole me enjoying the comedies thing. Uh, there's always going to be people who look at someone who's very uh, popular and rich and powerful in some respects and uh, will uh, will say, what a fucking asshole, and uh, treat him not well. And this is YouTube as well, where that is more prevalent than probably anywhere else. So that sort of thing presumably uh, has to grind down at you a bit, has to, at the very least, have an effect on you. I would assume. Do you have to be uh, psychotic for it not to affect you, is a question. Uh, so when I see that he is responding to it more and more, seemingly, uh, it sort of has me worried that maybe he will one day completely lose his mind. Not in the good way that he does <laughs> in his videos, but in a bad way. And uh, do something stupid. So, uh, I don't know. I just hope that doesn't happen. Because uh, seemingly nice, funny guy. PewDiePie. Alright, uh, last. Oh, not last. Jeez, I'm really fucked this up. Uh, uh, so, okay, so we've got a TED Talk title. TED Talk title. TED Talk title. The birth of virtual reality as an art form. Incredible, this TED Talk. Uh, I did, despite being the manly man I am... Uh, tear up a little bit at the end of this just at the sheer beauty uh, at the sheer thought of when one day uh, virtual reality is uh, it's I suppose right now you could say it's readily available but for someone of my means it's not so readily available in the same way that say a flat screen TV is that's sort of readily available uh, when that happens, I was sort of picturing the, the life we could lead on the interwebs, and it uh, choked me up a bit. So, interesting, and I recommend you check it out. Okay, last but most, what? Uh, Vera Bambi. Yes, uh, I've spoken of her uh, nicely before on this podcast on a couple of occasions, I do believe. But uh, she's doing something cool right now from my perspective. Oh, I've just realized the whole time thing. Shit. From your perspective, it will be over, so you can go back and check it all out. You're welcome. Uh, what that is, is she has sort of uh, hit YouTube running lately. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with Vera Bambi, she is a uh, model, cosplayer, uh, many, many other hats, I would say. Uh, seemingly nice, beautiful, and funny. Damn it. That's like some sort of trifecta. Uh, so I've been following her, not in a creepy sense, in the on the internet, seeing what she's up to since, uh, which is maybe creepy, I don't know. And uh, recently she has sort of moved, not moved, but focused a lot of her energies on YouTube, on developing her YouTube channel, which has been an interesting sort of voyage to watch someone try to do that. 
uh, it does give you that sort of hipstery feeling of, oh yeah, I was following Vera Bambi before she even had a YouTube channel. That, that sort of idea. Uh, anyways, uh, what she's doing right now, which is cool, is uh, San Diego Comic-Con is coming up very, very shortly. In fact, it is next week, I do believe. And she is vlogging, video blogging, if you prefer, uh, her experience of the sort of build up to that, what her days are like uh, in the days before, uh, and presumably the days during and the days after. Uh, so this whole sort of uh, San Diego Comic-Con experience from the point of view of someone who is a uh, cosplayer, very, very interesting to me for many reasons, one of which on my bucket list is the desire to bring uh, Nerd Kane to San Diego Comic-Con, so hopefully one day. Oh, I, I should say, perhaps on that note, plug myself, why don't I? Uh, if you would like to Google the words Nerd Kane Adventures, you will see a picture of a cane autographed by many nerdy people held in the hands of upwards of thousands now cosplayers. Yes, that's me that did those things, took those pictures. Uh, oh, hey, you know what? Tying it all together, one of those pictures, in fact, a couple of them, are with Miss Vera Bambi, who I had the pleasure of meeting at Fan Expo. So uh, I think she'll probably be there this year, so maybe I'll get some more pics. Uh, anyways, all bringing this together by saying, uh, yeah, a cool sort of uh, video experience, live vicariously through... Uh, some of the things she does. Uh, something that's impressed me about it a lot is the fact that she is seemingly holding nothing back. Uh, there was one of the early videos of this sort of process where she got a call that her dad had some health issues and didn't cut that out. She sort of really uh, filmed it all and let us, the viewer, experience it with her and it was very emotional. Uh, so impressive and I think it's that sort of move, not necessarily the move itself of letting us experience, but the fact that she's willing to let us experience means that uh, the potential of her having a good sort of YouTube uh, channel explosion, let's say, is not low. Eh, it's, it's a fucking hard thing to go on YouTube and try to become popular on that format amid the millions and millions of other people also trying to do it. Like, I post video there all the time. Mine are more in the form of funny little clips and stupid things like that. Uh, but still. Yeah, but still. Okay, uh, I think that's enough. I went way over time. It's all your fault. Uh, last thing to say is always the last thing to say, which is, of course, it is nice to be nice to the nice. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean. But. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email. Jordan.Maywood at gmail.com I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Nah, something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine?
Sunshine day, you ain't seen nothing yet. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? The best is yet to come. Live long and prosper.